Hello and welcome to another edition of the 42 Courses podcast. This week we are joined by the absolutely marvellous Irene Boshoff, who's also at 42 Courses. Um, and together we're going to be interviewing the ever-wonderful Philip Story. Uh, Philip actually has started helping us a little bit with our emails, but uh, he's the founder and CEO of email marketing agency Enchant, uh, based in the UK and London. Uh, Philip's been working in email for over 20 years and has helped over 500 brands, both big and small, in pretty much every sector of industry you can think of. In this episode, we chat to Philip about the evolution of email marketing. He's going to share some tips on how you can grow your email marketing from whether you're a small startup to a large company with lots of money and resources behind you. Um, Philip also shares some advice on tools and best practice and even some handy book recommendations. If you're looking for advice, help or tips for email marketing, you can visit Philip's website at enchantagency.com or follow him on Twitter at at philipstory or this is enchant. Anyway, enjoy the show. Hello, uh, welcome to a special edition of the podcast. Uh, today we've got the incredible Sir Captain My Captain Philip Story uh, live from just outside London in Hitchin. And then uh, from the normally glorious sunshine, but today apparently windy and rainy Cape Town, we've got incredible Lady Irene Boshoff. And, uh, and then myself, Chris Rawlinson. Hi. <laughs> uh, so, Philip, welcome. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. It's great to be here today uh, talking to you about email marketing. A very rainy day in Hitchin, so happy to be indoors. <laughs> Rain everywhere by the sounds of it then. <laughs> yeah, it's in yeah. Hitchin, we've had like a 24-hour storm. Oh, wow, okay. Well, wow. Hope, hope you're safe. Um, but to be fair, like it's normally 30-something degrees and gorgeous, so I'm not feeling too bad for you. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Irene, I a break from the heat because it's been so hot so it's actually not too bad 24 hours of cool okay enough enough with the jealousy um, enough yeah i'm so yeah. jealous we've had snow we've had snow <laughs> well, that makes me jealous i'd love some snow <laughs> but um irene i'll let you uh, start off because i know you had a you had a bunch of questions to fill it yeah so i think um, what could be really interesting is just to chat to you about sort of your journey into email marketing and sort of how that's led you to start your own company. So maybe you could just um, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. So I started email marketing 20 years ago. So I've spent half of my life working in email <laughs> I just realized that in the last sort of six months, I found myself saying, oh, I spent half my life as an email marketer. And actually, it was all an accident. <laughs> I wasn't actually really meant to be an email marketer. Uh, I was a UX designer. And when I was 19, 20 years old, I was in a band and we were on tour and we had a website. And most of the other bands didn't really have a website, certainly not a website they liked. So they would ask me, you know, who did who designed and built your website? And I would say, well, it was, it was me. And they they would say, can you do one for us for a few hundred pounds? So between uh, shows, <laughs> I would go home and do all these websites for, for you know, design and build these websites for these bands. And then I managed to get a job um, 
I was really resisting university, managed to get a job at MFI uh, before, just before going to uni. And if your oven was broken, basically I was one of the people that would answer the phone <laughs> and say, I can send somebody to fix your oven. And then one day there was a notice on the wall that, uh, that said, oh, we're looking for a, a junior web designer as we would have called um, uh, you know, web designers then. And I applied for it uh, and thought I won't get it. And I got the job, which was brilliant. So that portfolio of all those bands, websites came in really handy. But the problem was on my third day, somebody tapped me on my shoulder and said, do you know anything about email marketing? And of course, at the time, I, I, I barely even knew what email marketing meant, you know, so I said no. Um, six months later, I, you know, I'd, I was six months into being an email marketer and since, you know, I've never looked back 20 years later, uh, running an email marketing agency. So yeah, it was a good accident. <laughs> it's such a powerful medium form. And I mean, I, I'm sure it's the same for, for many companies, but I think Irene would maybe agree. It's probably our, our most, it's our most successful marketing medium by some way. Um, I don't know whether that means that we just need to do much better at our other mediums, but I, I'd imagine that's pretty much a similar thing for most other companies from, from what I've chatted about. But more importantly, I mean, what was the band? Yes. <laughs> no, we can't talk about the band um, because it, it, it's kind of embarrassing. You know, anything 20 years ago <laughs> is going to be embarrassing, but me, me sharing the name of the band, um, we weren't very big, let's just say, but we did play some some interesting gigs with some pre pretty well-established artists, which was great. It was a good experience. Um, what music? But, yeah. Uh, well, I guess the nearest band to kind of the stuff we were doing was Foo Fighters. So they've always been one of my favorite <laughs> bands, just trying to be the Foo Fighters for, That's for a amazing. few years. <laughs> Yeah, the thing is, as to be ever ever embarrassed about when you're saying the Foo Fighters, they're like absolute oh, epic legends. It, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. They are definitely they're legends, and there's a reason why I'm doing email marketing. Why I'm an email marketer and not um, fronting the Foo Fighters. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All good stuff. And do you still play in the band, or like? I still play music. I still play in bands, but uh, I firmly know that that is just for fun nowadays, which is great. And it's the way I think music for me certainly needs to stay as, 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 as fun. Although it did lead me to my career. So um, mm. yeah, yeah. Well, that's, uh, what was, um, yeah, what are some of the, I mean, how has email, what's sort of been some of the bigger things that you've seen evolved in the email game as well? I mean, I think it's one of those things where perhaps the, the the actual platform of, of email itself possibly hasn't changed too much, um, but the clever things you can do with email has perhaps changed quite a lot. I mean, what, what are some of the sort of more interesting things that you've seen or some of the kind of the key things that, that, that you've noticed that you know, really, really work or that you really need to get right? It's, it's been a really interesting 20 years seeing email evolve. I think that it was powerful 20 years ago and a lot of the sort of segmentation that I was doing back then was all kind of, you know, just hacks, downloading lists, uh, deleting the, the contacts that, uh, that you didn't want to email and uploading the what was left as another list and calling that segment. Um, you know, it was it was difficult, but the tools were there. Uh, it was just harder. To, they were just harder to use. And I think um, 
the hardest part of the last 20 years was the rise in automation and it was has been amazing i think that there are a lot of brands that really know how to use email automation well but there are more that don't and they really struggle and they struggle uh, to even see that it's not working that automation isn't working for them because they're seeing revenue or they're seeing results but what they never really see is the potential that's been missed and i think that this is the key thing. I think most marketers now should be spending 80% of their time on automation and 20% on standalone, you know, sort of regular campaigns as I would uh, refer to them. You know, it's so lucrative. And if you get it right, if you really get it right, it's, it's incredible. I mean, you can't set automation up and forget about it. You've got to come, you know, you've got to look after these programs and revisit them and keep improving them. But it's really, really, really lucrative, really, really powerful. And uh, even back, yeah, 2019, 18 years ago, I was kind of simulating automated follow-up campaigns based on categories that that people may have clicked on, things like that. And it, and it worked really well, but you know, it's really nice to have the tools. And I think that now we're in a position where a lot of the email platforms are really well equipped for to help uh, marketers with with not just the standalone campaigns, but really, really strong autom automation and personalization as well. Yeah, so another thing I wanted to ask is, what do you think, like, why do you think that email is such a powerful, like you just said, it's like 80% of companies' time should be spent on email. And why do you think that that's so important for companies, whether it's a huge company or a small company? Well, you own the relationship and you're, you know, <laughs> There's this kind of, uh, I think, um, saying that I really like about any relationship. There's always um, who's moving who. It's a coaching model. And there's always one force moving the other. And in email, it's always your turn, as you know, sort of Seth Godin might say, you know, it's always your turn. The truth is with email, you've got two choices. You can send the email and then do nothing until it's, you want to send the next email. But that's not a relationship. It's about actually what happened when that email was sent. What should I do next? And when you start to look at it as a two-way um, channel, as a, as, a, as a conversation rather than just a broadcast uh, platform, that's when you can start to really get the most from email. And I think this is where you know, most brands do leave a lot of money on the table, so to speak. And this is, this is true of B2B, B2C. It's not exclusive to any um, particular uh, uh, you know geography or industry it's uh it's just it's an incredibly powerful uh marketing channel because the data is yours and it's it's up to you to 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 do something with it and to to to, to nurture those individuals whether they're prospects or customers um it's yours and it, it, you define the rules unlike many other channels such as social media for example where the goalposts are obviously being moved frequently what are some of the best brand examples i mean have you got any any sort of bigger global ones that you particularly admire yeah i think if you look at the direct to consumer brands um in the uk so if i think about brands like hello fresh you know subscription brands they're really good at automated email marketing and the reason for that is because they 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 need the automated marketing tools to run their business so when they think about marketing with those tools, rather than just fulfillment and making sure that people know when they're going to get the stuff, well, it's easy because they're already pretty deep in with the tools. So 
Uh, I think that a lot of brands in that particular space are really, really strong. And I think there are some travel brands that are very good at email marketing as well. And the one that I would track, it would be Thompson Holidays. Um, so, and the reason I say Thompson Holidays is because I was working there about 12 years ago. It was probably about when I left. And the level of sophistication of the program there at that time was unreal. It was, you know, we had a great budget. We could do some really exciting stuff. And if the tools didn't, didn't do what we wanted them to do, then we could just build our own. <laughs> so it was a real email adventure. Um, and uh, I could talk more about kind of the sophistication of the email, that email program all those years ago, but it would have come on, you know, leaps and bounds since then but very 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 advanced personalized product recommendations and frequency management of of email comms really 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 interesting that's it's sort of i think one of the things that irene and i are finding so irene does an awful lot of our emails <laughs> um so if you've ever had a 42 courses email it's it's uh, it's probably an irene uh, signature um actually really secretly on the bottom of it um you know also we, we always include these fun facts so i think irene's going to be the best per person ever at like pub quizzes um she's probably got like this obscene knowledge of like crazy fun facts over the last year <laughs> but, um with with us i think one of the things we found is that yeah we've, we've got to a stage now where i think it's irene is it around 14,000, 15,000 yes. that, that we've got as sort of general subscribers to our email but it almost feels like we've got to a point now where it's it's too many to just be sending generic or you know a, an email out to everyone we, i think we need to be doing that way less and it should be you know much more segmented so for example we've got you know a podcast you've got a weekly kind of interesting tips newsletter that we do um and uh, I, I think it's those are the kind of things where we you kind of almost need to start creating those little tick boxes it's like we you know which of these do you want to receive but do you is there a is there a break point for when you need to start doing that or is that something that you should try and do from the start or like what are your recommendations with that because i know when you when you're a new company getting going it's really tough like there's obviously a million options yeah. um and so you're just trying to make your your life easier and then as you grow you've got to kind of make it more complicated so that the, the end user is getting something that they like and is relevant rather than just spamming them. But do you have any kind of advice or tips of sort of when you should start to look at that and, and what kind of things you should look at first? Like, are there some things that you'd be like, right, stage one, try and get this right. Stage two, get this right. Stage three, get this right. Yes. Yeah. Really good question. I think the key thing with email is to try and keep it as simple as possible. And that I'm talking about every aspect of your email marketing um, not just the planning or the content or the segments. I mean, all of it, because I think as far, as far as I can tell, being working so closely with email and obviously having a high level of awareness of all of the other channels, I feel like, and this is going to sound hugely biased, but I feel like email is already the most complex channel of them all. You know, it's, if you get it right, you can make, you can really drive a lot of revenue, a lot of traffic. Um, it can be really lucrative um but getting it right means keeping it manageable so starting simple like not no segmentation initially just just having a regular commitment is the key thing and i think that's what i love about the 42 courses emails is that 
they I almost expect to receive them. They come every week at the same same time or a similar time. And that is a commitment to your subscribers. And there's the content is great. And so when you get to the point where you start to think about how can we extend this, it's really looking firstly at, okay, well, if we have an established newsletter um, strategy or we have a regular email communication that's going out, that's brilliant. I would then start to look at automation before you start to kind of expand or segment down what you might do with that regular email. Um, and that's purely because it's going to help the customer experience. So you're going to create some automation around different things where people are going to need a little bit of support. So it's not just trying to, you know, get as much revenue or, you know, kind of be greedy. It's actually about trying to step in and use email marketing automation to support the, the, the prospect or the customer based on what they're doing um, at that moment in time. And once you've got some some more some automate, and that's the win-win. You know, it helps them and it helps you. So it's it's definitely um, a good place to to, to go to uh, as a second point. And then I would go back to um, your your regular email comms and look at how you might be able to up the frequency of those for more engaged uh, subscribers. How you might split your communications differently for uh, prospects and customers. You know, generally speaking, your newsletter is going to be seen by most people, but it could just be things like headlines, just changing up the headlines. The email can be broadly the same. You know, I'm a big fan of reusing content and just changing the headlines so that they, they speak just a little bit more personably to people based on whether they are actually a 42 courses subscriber or, just, you know, um, or, or a, a kind of a member, if, you, if that makes sense, versus somebody that's just been kind of coming by. So and that can be enough that's enough for people to feel like oh this this company really understand me a little bit more than perhaps they expected and it's those little those little tiny things that can really make the biggest difference is, is um have you got a, a kind of any what you know a favorite like headline that you've seen if you're talking about newsletter titles so i mean subject lines or headlines yeah, yeah, or yeah sorry subject lines yeah Subject lines, uh, I think that um, I love your subject lines. I mean, I'm a big fan of your email marketing. Gen generally, we'll send you the check <laughs> after this. <laughs> oh, that would be great. That would be great too. Um, yeah, I think that your your subject lines are always always make me curious to open. They make me wonder what's going on inside. They 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 break up the rest of the stuff that I get in my inbox and. And I think that 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 means it's doing its job. Um, I never really know what to expect when I open the email, but I know that I'm going to learn something. And I think that that's brilliant. You know, if people feel like there's that level of value for just opening an email, um, and obviously that'd be different in other industries, but I mean that's going that's going to keep your open rate really buoyant, which is which is like you know, the top of the funnel, the first part, right? More people are opening more regularly. Brilliant. Um, I think that the old Caldini kind of persuasion tactics are good to, to visit for uh, creating subject lines, persuasion tactics. Um, the question is always a good one. If you're, if you're really struggling with subject lines, just think about what questions you might be able to ask. But the key thing is to test and not just to test a couple of, you know, adding a first name versus not adding a first name, but actually looking at different persuasion tactics with subject lines and finding out which ones work best for your brand.
the tools that you obviously use and maybe are more relevant as you're growing and probably shift somewhat. So for example, I know we, we use, some of our stuff is done automated in, internally within our, within the 42 courses platform that we've built, but then we also use MailChimp. Um, I think to me, it seems that like, as we're growing, MailChimp becomes less helpful to us. And uh, it's actually probably, you know, worth us investing more time in building the systems ourselves. But, um, you know, that's because we've built our own platform, but I guess most people don't normally build their own platform. So what do you, what are some of the sort of tools that you would recommend if you're starting out and then some of the more sort of advanced ones that you've, you'd recommend for companies that are a bit more mature? Yeah, I love playing with email technology. I think that, that it's changed so much in the last couple of years. Who would thought, have thought that an industry that's 25 years old is being disrupted by, you know, new, new, new kids on the block, like Clavio, for example. Um, we've got some really small brands that we, that we work with that are very happy on Clavio because they have a small list, 20,000 or something subscribers, and they want to explore email marketing and they're, they're willing, you know, they want to have the same tools that a brand who have, you know, a million subscribers on their list and, um, and they want to use the same tools, right? They want, they want that kind of advantage that they might not have been able to get many years ago. And the truth is those tools are now affordable for brands of all sizes definitely seeing a lot of brands moving uh, away from MailChimp personally recently and that's just because it's because of the uh, barrier cost barrier to entry and also the complexity of the tools um, seeing a lot more brands move to Clavio. I'm completely agnostic uh, we always kind of you know technologies we always sort of choose based on what the e-commerce platform is or the CRM um, but Clavio, yeah, I'm a big fan of Clavio. Um, I've been working with it for about 18 months uh, with a bunch of different brands and found it just to be a really powerful tool that anybody could afford. So that's cool. Um, and then there are some more entry, uh, sort of enterprise level platforms such as HubSpot and Salesforce, um, uh, Marketo, um, Amasis, uh, Exponia. It's a big world of tools and, and, and Map actually, Map Digital, really great platform. It really depends, um, but they're sort of, you know, tools that probably a startup or a small brand are going to need to um, be looking at in the future. So if it's a really established uh, business with a big database and they're really sort of doing some seriously advanced email marketing or want to, then those other tools will be the ones to go for. Sounds very interesting. I would love, like one question I really wanted to ask was if you could tell us like about your most successful um, email marketing campaign that you've done and like what made it so successful? My most successful email marketing campaign. Wow. Um, so oh, there's been a few over the years, uh, uh, successful ones, thankfully, but a lot of campaigns. I'm trying to rack my brains at the most successful. Um, one of the programs that I worked on at Thompson Holidays many moons ago won some really nice, uh, got won some awards. It won some Direct Marketing Association or DMA awards, which was really cool. Um, but there were various kind of things that we were doing. So one of the things that we were doing was showing people uh, holidays that were slightly more expensive than the holiday they'd just taken before with with the company um also showing them uh family holidays if they'd 
actually booked a family holiday if we knew they were a family or if they were a couple or, or going solo we would only show them holidays that were really really relevant we also knew based on kind of the I guess it was it was kind of early stage AI we we knew if they'd been to a specific like three destinations before like it could be Mallorca Greece and Italy we we would know pretty pretty much like where they were going to go pretty clearly we, we had a good understanding of where they're most likely to go next so you can imagine email content being powered by all of this relevancy um that was something that just didn't exist back then and i'm pretty much yet to see anywhere that that level of advanced kind of um product recommendations you think there are millions and millions of uh, holiday combinations available at any one time so to be able to serve them up in real time in the inbox but every single you know there were two million subscribers and every single subscriber gets a different set of product, uh, holiday recommendations that was that's got to be up there with some of the most advanced work i've seen yes it sounds like basically making things the more personal and relevant you can make them the more effective and helpful it will be which i guess kind of makes total sense which is why you need that segmentation becomes more and more important as you grow yeah, I was just going to say, like, mm -hmm. for especially within like the travel industry, I think that's quite interesting because you have such a diverse, obviously, group of people who are traveling. You have like people who are much older, people who are much younger. So, how important is it to sort of like develop that tone of voice for your for each campaign, and how do you actually go about putting that all together? Great question. Um, it can be really challenging. And I think this is where this is one area of email where you you need to, if if it's if if you have got audiences that are at different life stages um, and you do need to treat them differently, this is definitely uh, where you would invest the time. So all of that complexity I just told you about with the different holiday recommendations, that is something that you you can't do manually. It would it would take somebody um, mm -hmm. years to to produce one email. Yeah, so yeah. so. <laughs> exactly so keeping one keeping things simple that is actually keeping things simple because the email marketer never has to think about the recommendations in the email because they're done they're done they're done for them right so everyone gets that, that that's that's like that's that's taken off of the kind of list of things that we need to produce in the campaign but where we can start to think about creating copy that is going to connect better with the younger audience that that's worth spending time on the hard thing obviously there is um, the challenge is obviously retaining the brand's tone of voice um, with uh, with those audiences because there has to be some flex. And I think that the best people to write this content is the brand, not the agency. The brand know the brand inside out. And that, that's why I think that companies that are really serious about email always need somebody driving it internally. You can't just outsource all of that to an agency. You need to be doing some of that yourselves. That makes a lot of sense. What are, what are um, I mean, what, what are some of the future trends that you see going? Like, what are some of the things that you're most excited about going forward? I think a, a, a closer integration with email uh, automation and paid social, mm. it's possible to kind of, you know, mirror those segments now. So you might have a cart abandonment uh, email campaign uh, set up as an automated series of emails. Um, actually, making sure that the that you're targeting if relevant you're targeting uh, your uh, paid social ads to those audiences 
of course, you know, that's just one example. You can think, you think of all the different interactions and things that people do, like they don't purchase for a year, for example. So then what do you do? You just put them back into the, you know, kind of um, one-time purchaser, but they've gone cold <laughs> segment, or do you kind of continue the conversation? So, and what I mean by continue the conversation is use what you've got, what the knowledge that you have about what they've done previously to be able to have a continuation rather than kind of just treating them like they've never purchased from you again. So I think that bringing channels more closely together and direct mail as well. I, I think direct mail is still very powerful. We see a lot of retail brands and again, sort of subscription and DTC brands um, who really rely on on direct mail but perhaps don't integrate it so well with email marketing and when we we see um, those campaigns really brought together so that they're kind of considered as one campaign with just different channels and you know the impact is is, is, is massive you know you can see when they're considered together and thought of properly um, that it does work and they're not you know don't treat them separately so I think just bringing email and other channels together is definitely one thing that I think um, we're going to see more of in the future. Nice. I'd love to know what are you currently reading? What was like your favorite fiction or nonfiction book within the last year? Oh, yes. So I'm currently <laughs> reading Strategy. Uh, Strategy is Your Words by Mark Pollard, um, who's been incredibly supportive of, of our agency and to me personally. And he's incredible with words. And I completely agree. Strategy is Your Words. Brilliant book, um, highly recommended. He's in the um, States, right? He is, yeah. he's in New how, York. Um, how did you get um, Mark's book? Because uh, I, I, I couldn't find it apart from uh, on his website, but it looked like it was only the US. Is it shipping everywhere now? You can get it shipped to the UK. I got it from his website too. Um, I think he's working on some new books too. He said on his Instagram recently publicly so that's exciting uh, I think it's a great book and uh, yeah. one that I've definitely really enjoyed reading and it's been very helpful not just with work but he's a very wise man and I think that um, a lot of his uh, his teachings in the strategy space can be applied to many parts of life so yeah. that's a great book the other one that I'd recommend that email marketers read is webs of influence by Natalie Nahai um, I always recommend it to people that I work with, brands that I work with. It, it teaches you a lot about persuasion tactics and color psychology. It teaches you just uh, the basics of how we how we consume like information and content online. And um, it's again when we're sort of chasing results all of the times, and 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 we're so busy with campaigns. I think that this book is great just to dip into and have it on your desk, just to freshen things up and. Yeah, shake up your campaigns here and there. It's very, very simple. You know, Natalie's teachings are, are, are brilliant. I'd highly recommend. Yeah, webs of influence. Or um, just just giving you a call, Philip, um, as well. <laughs> of course, call Enchant. Yeah, yeah, call the Enchant agency. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well done for all the incredible work that you're doing as well. It's been uh, it's been incredible, but. Yeah, look, I mean, thank you so much for taking the time out um, to to chat to us today and. Um, yeah, thank you very much, Irene, for organising and setting this up as well, uh, as always, and uh, and for your incredible email work. Um, bravo. Yeah, <laughs> I love your emails. The full emails are great. You're doing a great job. And so if anyone needs email advice, either Philip or Irene, just give, me, give them a call. <laughs>
I think we're uh, we're we're going to definitely uh, get you on board to try and help us with make our emails even better. Um, I know there's a million different things that we want to do, so uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that journey. But yeah, look, thank you so so much, and have a ridiculously marvelous day. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining. Thank you very much. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, Irene. Thanks for joining us for this week's edition of the 42 Courses podcast. We'll be back soon with more interviews from some of the world's greatest and most interesting minds. In the meantime, you can find more nuggets of wisdom by following us on Instagram and Twitter at 42 Courses, or check out our website, 42courses.com, to browse all our courses we offer. Have a marvellous week and chat again soon.